Well, uh, welcome to another episode of the Rest and Recovery Podcast. With me is Anthony Veneri. He is a former gym owner, uh, turned investor, and co-founder of Fit Insider, which is a publication focused on the business of fitness and wellness. So, Anthony, uh, welcome to the Rest and Recovery Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to chat. Yeah, um, me too. I like I was saying offline. You know, I really you know for those listening, if they're not following, it's Fit F I T T Insider, but great publication and information on all things fitness and wellness and and kind of where what seems like you know the internet boom of 2.0 which is like this fitness and wellness space um is is about to explode or is exploding uh at a pretty rapid rate um but you guys are kind of right in the midst of that yeah the the industry is you know it was happening before covid but covid accelerated what was, you know, six years into six, eight months at the beginning of it and the attention and the investment and just people really paying attention to what's happening. And as we were chatting right before we got on the podcast, I've been in the space for a long time, started as a gym owner. A lot of the same stuff is done as it was 10 years ago. So it's changing rapidly, but there's still a lot to go. And for us, we're focused on, you know, building the, the platform that provides the content, the resources, the interviews, the information to help hopefully fuel a new kind of range and a new class of entrepreneurs and executives in this space. And it's fun because a lot of people that move into this space or want to, it's their passion. It's so cool that you can work in an area that is also your passion, which is super rare. I mean, yeah. unless your passion is being a lawyer or accounting or other things, but usually a lot of people have a job and then they do things on the side. But now people, and for us, at least it was always, you know, fitness was our job and now it's becoming more, you know, available for people that are designers and developers and marketing and sales. They can work at these companies that they also would spend their money and time on outside of work, which is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I hundred percent agree. And, and it's, you know, I can personally relate to is, is tracking what you're doing and sharing that information and seeing that opportunity, whether I eventually do that or not personally, but just seeing that, you know, um, part of the possible of transforming the fitness industry a little bit, because like you said, not a lot has changed, but it seems like we're on the, on the edge of, of some transformation on um, even just making a good wage from my understanding, you know, a lot of the fitness professionals, coaches, you know, you get a lot of PR and, and image around it, but it doesn't always pay as well as one would think based on the level of effort and work. At least that's what it seems like to me for those fitness professionals and coaches out there. Yeah, we actually did a report right in the middle of COVID. I think it came out in uh, June. It was the, a breakdown of the personal training industry and it was what was happening before and what was happening after. The average salary for a personal trainer was like $20,000. Yeah, like it was part time. Most of the trainers were part time, and then the average full time salary is only forty thousand uh, dollars, which you know is great uh, income to do for some areas, but you can't live off that in certain major cities. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. It's changed the way that the talent of a lot of these businesses. If you look at the the boom in studio fitness, the talent is the instructors and the trainers and the coaches. It's not the gyms. And most of the time, the gyms aren't even really the programming either. It's people that can give their own spin, unless it's like a franchise, like in which say it's very programmed. But still, if your coach isn't there doing the right coaching, the right guidance, the right energy, the right kind of passion, it's not fun. And yeah. I think for a very long time, 
what had to happen is what, what Joe and I did. You become a trainer, you coach, you do other things, and you either go into the field where we, we did kind of both, where we went deep into strength and conditioning where there's athletes and, you know, it pays more if you're training athletes in a specific way. Sure. And then more importantly, you build your own gyms. You have to, if you're going to make a business out of it. But now people can have their own digital gym, their own remote coaching, their own product lines. They're, they're all just like the whole creator economy everybody is their own brand, their own media company, their own system. And I love it. I love to see trainer. I'm very passionate about the trainer and coach space. It's why, you know, one big push for us this year is to, you know, we've really, I think, gotten very deep with the uh, fit tech and health tech and wellness and, you know, uh, certain areas, but we haven't gone deep and put effort into growing in the trainer space. Yeah. Uh, But we really want to, to inform them of what's going on in the space. I think, they need to continue to stay updated on what's happening so that they can continue to take a bigger piece of the pie as this industry keeps growing. Yeah, I think, yeah, the business of fitness and wellness right, is, is huge and equipping them with the tools that they can be a fruitful, both for your passion and your pocket, <laughs> you know, which is yeah. it's nice when you can marry those up. Um, and, and there's nothing to be ashamed of either to, to make some profit and be able to provide for your family, you know, with a good wage. Uh, and doing good. I think to me, like you said earlier, it's nice to have that passion in the business piece where it's almost, uh, I was thinking about this the other day before our conversation is, you know, almost like a, um, a Tom's, right? There, there's purpose behind what you're doing and mm-hmm. you're able to equip people and, and what better way to equip people with in their health and longevity. Yeah, definitely. It's a fun space to be in and, and hopefully we can continue so I built, you know, a jobs board. We launched it not too long ago and we're launching a new version with a bunch of new features, but to get people to work in the space. Yeah. So um, you said, uh, well, you're on the front end of this. You guys do do investing um, and, and obviously sharing information, but what are maybe some key trends that you're seeing right now that uh, whether it's fitness professionals or, or folks that are just the, the everyday athletes out there, um, to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think that there's a ton of new and exciting areas. The, the tension with COVID really was connected fitness and, and digital fitness. But what comes from that, what we're really paying attention to is this next wave of what we're calling active, active lifestyle and recreation. It's yes, people are training in the gyms and home. They're not going to not do one or the other. I think they're most likely going to build this hybrid lifestyle, which we've written about a ton and do both. But outside of that, there's this more lifestyle, passion, pastime thing that people are doing, whether it's hiking, biking, running, pickleball, tennis, uh, meet up to play basketball like this. It it was the lifestyle for a very long time. Fitness wasn't what fitness is today, where it's go and, and lift and be in the gym for hours. It was be active. And that's what we're really paying attention to the outdoor economy, people running, so we're, we're, we're investing in two companies right now. We can't name them yet, but one is based off of the climbing industry and one is based off of the running industry. And, and it's those types of things that we're really drawn to as you've seen the growth in all trails. You've seen the growth in other things. They were already there behind the scenes, but because of COVID and interest, it, it's really gone. And, and that kind of plays into a mix between this active lifestyle, outdoor recreation, and then the kind of passion economy side of it. Like people love that and that's what they want to do. Yeah. So where do you, so do you think, and it kind of touches on my other thought of like wellness travel, 
you know, that's kind of always been there, right? You've got the resorts and you go and you sit on a beach and drink a Mai Tai, whatever. But I've noticed over before COVID and now probably coming out of it the last year, um, the rise of like active wellness and, and wellness retreats or even just hotels that cater to that more. Yeah, Joe and I joke all the time. Everything is wellness nowadays. It's all there. Every <laughs> marketing, everything is some version of wellness, even yeah. if it's not even closer mode related to it. But yeah, we've done actually think two deep dives on the on the uh, wellness travel, wellness tourism, all that. It's a massive business, and it's. I think that because fitness and wellness and being healthy is is ingrained in a lot of people's lives. Usually, when you would travel, you would go and kind of give up on that. And go do your thing and eat and be, which yes, do that all the time. But for a lot of people, they want to extend that and do more of the wellness in the health and fitness where it's spas, treatments, meditations, yoga, other things. And having, you know, for myself done both, it's so much fun to go and enjoy yourself, but also have the surrounding, get the workout in, in the morning, go to the, the event, play the activities and, and, but also eat the pizza and have fun. So I think people are extending their interest into travel and the things that they need and it's it's really cool to see and there's i think new companies popping up in in this wellness tourism the hard part that i've seen is a lot of people want to be the airbnb of it or some marketplace which is just it's hard to build a marketplace there's a lot of scale that needs to come with that and a lot of money but in in general from the brick and mortar side or the discovery side or the you know uh programming side i think it's awesome and and even as far as you know, people building gym or building hotel rooms that have techno gyms in them and all that stuff. It's super cool to see. And I've noticed, you know, this is the Restroom Recovery Podcast, seeing some companies that are more on the, the recovery and sleep side, um, starting to get into that as well, um, that are starting to, to kind of weave into the hotels and the Airbnb collaboration and partnerships. Yeah, Eight Sleep is now putting beds in all the different places uh, hyper ice. There's something called, I think it was Sage wellness that does like these installations at hotels and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super smart to do. And depending on how long you're flying and what you're doing and your activity, um, there's, there's a lot that goes into, you know, maintaining. If you are into that space, you need to maintain, you need to do those things. Cause it, it sucks to fly on a plane for seven, eight hours. Your body hurts. Yeah. yeah. There, there's some kind of, like everyone needs that kind of recovery of some sort. Yeah. So, so I, I had a previous guest that said, <clears throat> speaking of recovery, that we're at the beginning of the age of recovery as well, where it seems like there's a lot of talk all of a sudden about sleep, about rest, about recovery. Um, what's your take on that? I think it's been going on for a very long time at the top. We did a, we did a thing that was like triple down health, what the high performers are doing comes like a few years later. Yep. Sleep, recovery, hyperice, eight sleep. They've all been things. Some variation of that has been involved in the, you know, high performers, athletes, all of that stuff for a long time. And now it's just becoming kind of mass as the, as the, these businesses grow, they need to reach more consumers and the attention being put there from these marketing and brands. So yeah, it's definitely going to continue to grow, but we look, we actually think of recovery more as movement and movement health and recovery. So it's like, mobility maintenance think like kelly starrett and ready state and things like that that's active recovery i guess you would say because for example you know kelly's been doing it for 
20 years and yeah. the, the functional movement screen has been around for 20, 15, 20 years. So again, it's not new. It's just the broader audience of people as they get deeper into these landscapes say, Oh, I want to, I do this. I work out, I'm healthy, but I hurt, or this is the problem. Or I want to get better at this, or I want to feel better. And that is, I think what we're really excited about in the space is the average person who in reality, they don't walk, they don't work out. They don't eat healthy. If you think about the average American, for example, the numbers are staggering to see how inactive people are. So start getting them to move and stretch at their desk, to stand up, to walk. Those are the things that we're really excited about more than getting cooler products and brands and workouts to the person that is already in this lifestyle. Yes, that is a part of that. That is a business. But if you can get, like we invested in a company called Spot that does software that's like Zoom for walking meetings. Okay. We did that because if you can get more people to walk throughout the day, just on their meetings and phone calls versus yeah. sitting in front of a camera, insane lifestyle change. It's stuff like that that we're trying to get deeper into. And I think hopefully what the fitness industry can do is instead of focusing on just the basics of fitness and the, the products that they're selling, it's like overall, we know that there is a problem. It's only getting worse every day but there's still so much money and time and even more money and time spent on this industry investments or otherwise, how do we reconcile that at the end of the day? Does something doesn't add up? Yeah. Well, and, and you still have that same demographic that is not moving or not moving as much as they would, would benefit from, right. You're going to have those folks like us that, that are bought in already to the idea. So you don't need to convince so much, but there's a massive amount of folks that are most, concerned, especially after the last two years uh, of wellness and, and improving their health to get moving and finding that kind of, uh, I love this book, Atomic Habits, that 1%, you know, movement and, and kind of validating that that kind of movement counts towards, towards yeah. that. Exactly. That is, you know, hopefully going to continue to change with the, with the interest and attention and, and the, the investment that comes with the space. At least that's what we're looking for. So what are your thoughts on how to transform basically hearts and minds to be able to do those little things when, you know, just about anything, it's those little habits that will get easily blown off. Yeah. And that's part of one of our thesis points for our fund is we call personalized well-being. And one of those pillars is habit and behavior change. It's not about, there's no, in reality, the, the basis of, of living a healthier life and improving in, in any way is having behavior change and consistency. And, you know, it's a lot of the industry in the past years, I think has done a really poor job, especially the supplement industry and especially the brands around the magazines and other stuff that put these bodies in workouts and do Brad Pitt's workout and whatever else. It's like, just walk just do this, go play thing, go move more, eat less. In reality, that's like the only actual way to lose weight and or be healthier. One of the two or two of them or the both of them together. Um, So yeah, I think that it's knowing that and then building things that help, which for example, future, it's accountability is a service. It is, it is proven to be helpful. Just like it used to be when you would bring your gym partner to the gym or have a personal trainer. It's proven that that helps. So now you can do that digitally in a really fun and interactive way. That's awesome. That is improving that and can help the average person. So versions of habit, behavior change, human in the loop, accountability to service, those things will be impactful at scale 
and improving on that system or even, you know, people, little projects and things that are fun to see help people drink more water or get steps in all that stuff. So I think that is something that we're looking at as well. Is this like true habit behavior change driven products and systems and offerings? So, yeah. And it seems like it's, it's a patient, patient, persistent requirement to really transform a culture issue um, relative to movement. Yeah. I mean, as much as I've gone to so many certifications and workshops and trainings and spent years and years running gyms and being a strength coach, my weights fluctuated a ton over the years. I've gotten lazy. I've gained weight. I've had problems with eating and activity. And then I had some health stuff uh, earlier on in the pandemic and that really kind of messed up my system. So no matter how much you know or how much experience you have, life and certain things get in the way and really, and you know, can stop you from living that, that healthy lifestyle that you want. And that's where it comes back to the motivation, encouragement, the community, the, you know, ability. habit and behavior change that brings you into this. Yeah. I think it seems like that's another benefit that if people can get, even my, including myself is like the value of having a coach all the time. And like, that's not, again, it goes back to that whole trickle down of professional athletes or executives who have personal or professional coaches and it's always seemed like it's out of reach where a lot of these platforms that, you know, cycle through your, your domain or things that I've noticed is that coaching capability. Uh, everyone's using that democratized term, but like basically being able to get it out at scale to pretty much anyone, regardless of geography or economics. Yeah, it's been awesome to see. It was a thing, and again, nothing. Things haven't really changed much. Remote coaching has been around for right. twenty years. We right. had a business doing fit, as fitness creators and programming and remote coaching in, you know, twenty fifteen. That was had tens of thousands of customers. So it's not a new thing, but more people are interested in it. It I think COVID made it something that was needed for a while and showed the interest in it. And I really like that the. the remote coaching side. I'm obviously we were fans of digital fitness and streaming and all that, but I think what's cool about remote coaching is it can be done anywhere. You don't have to be in front of a screen. You don't have to follow along. It's, it's a difference between being like an instructor and a coach and a trainer. Um, I'm not, I can take the workouts. Like I have a coach. It's my, it's Joe. It's my brother. He gives my, gives me my workouts. He's a trainer and coach too. And he sends me workouts to do and it's really fun to have that consistent programming and something I can do at home, at the gym, if I'm on the road, it can be built around your lifestyle. And that's really fun to see on this like coaching side, which I think is going to continue to scale up more. It's this, the expert guided, you know, health journey versus just, I'm going to do workouts from this video. Yeah. And it seems like that variability or the ability to adapt on the environment to your point, like you said, like if you travel a lot you know, still being able to get that workout in regardless of where you are or what equipment you have, um, that, that variability or to be able to adjust programming based on where you are. Exactly. It, it's really fun to, to have that and to not think about it, even though I, I can, I've programmed thousands and thousands of workouts. I don't want to do yeah. it for myself. It's, yeah. it's not fun for me at least. So let alone if you're somebody who doesn't have the experience doing that, or you're trying to find what to do. Yeah. finding these programs, these coaches, these systems to use is really cool. Yeah, 100%. And I can totally relate to that with 
uh, runner and run, run coaching and stuff like that. But I, it's like, I go to sit down and program for myself and it's like writer's block or something like that. And it's like, I, I'd rather get somebody else. Plus I get the accountability, um, to just follow a program. I don't have to think, I just got to go do it and, and be done with it. Exactly. So you kind of mentioned one thing and it, um, the beginning of the pandemic, you had some, your own kind of recovery needs. Uh, I don't know if you're okay to talk a little bit about that on kind of what you went through. Uh, see, recently you, you kind of published kind of the challenge in the recovery process. Um, mm -hmm. Mind touching on that just a, a moment. Yeah, definitely. So in end of 2019, we were in the midst of a big capital raise and, you know, growing our, our previous business and trying to sell it. And I started having just general health issues, not sleeping, not eating, not sleeping, not being able to eat right, not being able to focus, forgetful. And that turned into early 2020, started coming with seizures. And then it was discovered that I had a brain tumor. Uh, so that was, you know, a big shock for us. And it was my father passed away from a terminal version of brain tumors, brain cancer oh. when we were younger. So Right. seeing that come through and, and, and it's been in my family with a cousin and a grandma and my dad. So I don't know if it's hereditary and they say it's not, but some version of that. And it came along. So when we, when I started having the symptoms, I knew what it was. So I went and went to the doctor told them and they're like, yeah, you're fine. It's not that. And then after enough fighting as usual, that's what it becomes. Uh, you tell them to get the scans, you do it and you find out that. And that's where in March of 2020, I started treatment for that. So wow. uh, right when COVID hit, is when I started in navigating, trying, you know, completely actually having to isolate because of the treatments you're going through and the things you're doing. Um, and them even trying to figure out how to do the treatments with people from like, can't go anywhere with anyone, can't go in or do it in outside, like all kind of craziness. Right. So for, for over, for more than a year and a half, I went through different variations of treatment to try to figure out a way in between COVID and everything else. And then I actually caught COVID in the midst of it too, which was a, which was a big thing. So all of that leading to now in September of last year. So September, 2021, uh, finding out that I'm finally in the clear and I, I am, you know, tumor free for now. And, and what comes next, it was really exciting to get beyond that point. But then it was like, well, crap, I'm, my body's completely destroyed. Yeah. Uh, I'm 31. I, I am, went from being in a trainer and coach and in, in, in some areas, a very fit, you know, strong person to, I could walk and that's it yeah. slow. And it was, my hormones were messed up. My body was messed up. My, and then, you know, trying to get back into training in a week, I got started getting back into training. I joined future and even just doing maintenance stuff, I couldn't do it because my I couldn't even do a plane for more than 30 seconds. I couldn't hold a squat for more than 30 seconds. My body was just destroyed. So it's been a very long process of finding my own new doctors that look for improvement, not just, you know, curing something or fixing something, but what comes next and hormone treatments and certain diets and certain other treatments. And still, I mean, to now I'd say I'm probably 50% of what I should be right now. If I started at 10% or five, I'm back to 40 or 50, but it's still a super long road and trying everything and anything to, uh, you know, find a way to be active and improve and build 
while also recover from that because still recovery takes weeks for doing certain things. Well, thanks for sharing that. I mean, that um, that's a pretty amazing story, just the challenge and the intersection of a once in a lifetime situation uh, in 2020 to, to now or more or less with COVID. Um, what was kind of the hardest, was it the physical part or the mental part, remembering kind of where you were physically and then where you are, I'll say, at the time of, of starting that recovery process? Definitely, I think it, it's the physical that, that then becomes the mental because mentally I can handle the things and do the things. Uh, luckily, with my life experience and, and things that I've done, I put me in a position to be able to, to get through them, but I could mentally agree to do the thing and then try the thing and then it would be so hard and it would have such wreak have so much havoc on my body that in turn mentally it was like a huge letdown and it was hard yeah. and that was part of like my start stop of end of last year in the fall I was like oh i'm gonna start working out again and then i couldn't and then i'm gonna start doing this and i couldn't and because my hormones were so messed up and where my body was i went from being a bigger stronger guy to being losing the weight and kind of my body deteriorating and then being stuck inside still kind of with COVID up and down and not yeah. being able to go to the gym and, and depression and stuff that comes with that too, gaining bad weight. So now I'm big again, but I'm unhealthy weight. And now it's like this constant variation of fix, finding a way to do both. And I think we're in a good spot now, but yeah, it was the, the, the physical that then in turn, uh, I think got in the way mentally when uh, I couldn't accomplish the things that I was trying. No, I mean, I think everyone at some point can relate to something along those lines, maybe not to the degree you're talking to, right? Um, but like you said, you, you've made significant progress in seeing how far you've come in that time frame. Um, pretty impressive. I, I appreciate you, uh, your willingness to share that and, uh, and keep plugging away, right? So uh, what... Thanks. Uh, along the, those lines, though, like you're deep in it in fitness, right? And even some of the newer stuff, whether it be technology or, you know, I'll call it concoctions to help um, rebuild. Was there anything you were able to pull on during that time frame uh, from your experience or pull on people you got to know through through your career? Yeah, definitely. I was lucky in that, you know, we had had successful exits and, and businesses in the past that we were able to, to spend the time and money to search for these things, which, you know, is very fortunate because a lot of people don't. Sure. So spending that time and money uh, to learn more beyond what we already had. And the cool thing about insiders always researching the cutting edge, like whether it was the supplements or treatments or systems, there are so many things that we learned that were great. For example, I was on daily taking element, the, the hydrate, the salts, magnesium, and otherwise, for hydration, drinking a lot of water, taking athletic grains, you know, NAD drips, uh, having the doctors that you can go to that understand listening that Andrew Huberman was a big thing. His, yeah, he's uh, awesome. Love his, it's insane that he can explain what he does and break it down a certain way. Him, Dom Diagostino, Peter Atia, the fact that we have these insane level experts that can, you can listen to the things that they know and yeah. learn from them. That's when 
my actual treatments turned around when I started listening to Peter T and, and his breakdown of, you know, the certain diets and ketogenic stuff that you can do around treatments and cancers response to certain things and tumors and all that stuff. So yeah, it was learning from those guys and, and knowing to go to listen to them and then test the things that were out there as well as lean on Joe for the recovery side. And actually it's been fun. Some of the companies we've invested in, for example, arena, um, it's a connected strength device. I have one and that's what I've been using to get back to being strong okay. uh, and, and strength training. And it's been really, really cool that a company we're an investor in and involved in also is something that I'm using every single day in some way. Uh, and then same thing as future, having a future coach, we're an investor there and um, being able to, to use this product and know that it works. My, my girlfriend uses future Joe's girlfriend uses future. Like, they have arena. It's just really cool that, you know, we obviously believe in them enough to invest, but then uh, seeing the daily usage and for spot walking meetings, I don't take video calls anymore unless it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. I'm on a walking meeting 99% of the time and I'm getting, I'm walking 10 miles a day sometimes uh, out and about because you know, if I have seven calls in a row that day, I usually stack all my startup calls in one day that we're talking to or working with. It's a Thursday for, so from 10 30 to five 30, I'm on calls and I'm not taking those video calls anymore. We're using walking meetings. So it's super cool to be able to use something like that. And I think that combination of all of those things has made now recovery and kind of the, getting on the path to be able to, to happen. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's great that one, like you, you said, you, you know, yeah, you're investing in them, but like they're functional, they're usable, they're accessible. Um, and they work. Uh, granted, you still have to step up and do the work, but um, it's available and and uh, and great stuff. Um, I had a question for you on. <clears throat> it's kind of a little off the wall, but maybe not. Um, NFTs. So there's all this talk of of that, and I've been seeing it a little bit on the art space, but recently started seeing some things relative to fitness and wellness. Um, and I think you guys published an article recently on that. Um, mm -hmm. but I was curious to get your take on, are you involved in it? Aware of it? Thoughts on it? Yeah, we're, we, you know, I bought into some of the apex optimizers. Uh, we did an okay. entire re report on web three stuff with fit, with fitness interaction. And I actually think, you know, NFT specifically, no, but, uh, not directly, but in the overall landscape. Web3 has a great connection to fitness and wellness. And it's, it's not, again, it's not new. Move to earn is not new. Right. But it's been around with corporate challenges and healthcare companies. And uh, now with Paceline and credit cards. And now like, it's not new, move to earn, but be able to do it in a Web3 way that is a little bit more engaging and fun. For example, we invest in a company called Any Distance. Uh, it started out as a social sharing app. And now it is building on this like kind of, found items, move to earn, kind of like what Pokemon Go is doing a little bit with like finding yeah. these things and doing them. Again, not technically new, but a much better package and system. And it's really cool. And I think I hate the NFT side of like buy-in and high price and get into an exclusive group. And, you yeah. know, a lot of these, I think a lot of the stuff out there, 99% just scams. Yeah. People trying to make money fast. But then there's the other kind of point or the other 1% that is 
they have these intentions of like, uh, how do we get more people to move and then reward them? And it's, it's like Sweatcoin has been around for a long time. Sweatcoin's doing that. Yep. But instead of earning like a discount to Starbucks, I can earn a piece of clothing or I can earn these coins that actually are worth a certain amount of money or whatever else it is. So um, I think there's a ton of really positive use cases for it, yep. but there's going to be, especially fitness always attracts scammers in some way. Um, so there's going to be a ton of crap to wade through in the space for a very long time, which is unfortunate because I think a lot of consumers are going to fall for certain traps and certain things when, uh, the brighter picture with some of these companies that I'm seeing that have really good intentions has awesome possibilities to get people again, especially if you think about like gamers and esports and others that some of them, you know, don't have the healthiest of lifestyles. So getting them to participate in gaming or other things and engage in healthy activity is awesome yeah yeah and and you know you've got speaking of the gamers you got the blue light they're sitting in front of screens all the time there's a debate of whether you know you're kind of blue light overdosing or whatever and that negative health benefit to that but uh but yeah it's, it, it is a great way where it kind of um gets rid of those silos those lifestyle silos and just kind of gets more of a an integrated lifestyle um, or habit stacking, I guess you could say, borrow from atomic habits, um, the different things that you can still do what you love. It can be maybe not healthy, like whatever that is, but there's ways to kind of offset, um, and put up those healthy boundaries, I guess you could say around doing the different things. Exactly. That's definitely something that I think is, is really exciting for that space. And, hopefully it has that positive impact and gets people moving and, and most people don't fall for the, the things that are out there that aren't great. Yeah. That'll probably be the hardest thing is discerning what's the, uh, the cannon fodder and what's, what's legit. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate your time. Uh, I don't want to, you know, overextend our, my welcome here, but, um, appreciate everything you guys are doing. I think it's a lot of fun to read. It, it's in, interesting for me personally, um, and, and like you said, I think it's, it's a great space to be in, uh, whether directly or indirectly on where this is going to evolve to, to really get a healthy lifestyle back into, to life. Um, see those videos out there with, you know, PT, what our grandparents' generation was, looked like, uh, uh, you know, a savage race or something like that, or, but that was just their gym class where we're kind of reintroducing that in, in a better way, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, but I, I like to close things out with a couple personal questions. So first, what are you reading right now? Um, what am I reading? Not much. I actually just got a book that I want to read. It's called driven. Um, I forget who recommended it, but, uh, it is, let me pull it up real quick to make sure I have the right book. Yeah, it is called driven. It is, uh, the habits that, sorry, let me pull this up to make sure I'm saying it right. Uh, understanding and harnessing the genetic gifts shared by entrepreneurs, Navy SEALs, pro athletes, and maybe you. Um, somebody recommended that to me, just got it. So I'm going to start on that. Um, but that, yeah, not much else otherwise. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what are you listening to right now, whether it's uh, music or podcast? Always podcast. I'm not big on the music side and it's never business wise. It's always comedians. Uh, Joe and I are obsessed with stand-up comedy. 
uh, we go see shows all the time around the country and um, listening cool. to my favorite comedians like Tom Segura um, and like Theo Vaughn and others just uh, be idiots. And it's amazing. Well, I mean, there's some, there's a lot of benefit to laughter, man. Uh, yeah. So, all right. What's your go-to rest and recovery method? Um, I would say for me right now, it is as crazy as it sounds walking every morning, every night I go on a walk along 45 minutes to an hour walk. And that is the best version of activity, active recovery, mental recovery, everything in between. And I try as much as I can not to listen to stuff on those walks, just go and be out there, no connection or anything like that. It's that. And then, um, getting really consistent on the nutrition side of having the right time for fasting and then, um, athletic greens and element and others when I'm not. So, um, all of that wrapped into a pretty consistent recovery phase right now. Awesome. I love it. Well, Anthony, uh, how can folks find you? Yeah. Uh, the fit insider website, insider.fit.co and that's fit with two T's. Um, and then Joe has a podcast it's fit insider. And um, he interviews executives, entrepreneurs, investors in the space, everyone from Strava to Tonal to Mirror, to, you know, all of those great companies. So um, check those out and, and reach out to us on their social, LinkedIn, wherever, if you want to chat about anything. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Be well. Thank you so much. Thank you.